Hello and welcome to the Upon Further Review podcast brought to you by Field Street Baptist Church. On this podcast, your host Cody Kitchen sits across the table from Dr. John Hall as he reviews his Sunday sermon from the week before. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's your favorite podcast, Upon Further Review. I'm your host, Cody Kitchen, and joined with me, as always, is the one, the only, Dr. John Hall. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> well, we are once again talking about Sunday Sermon, which the title was A Life Strategy That Works, from Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 through 24. And um, you had an introduction talking about how we are uh, talking about Dr. Phil, everyone's favorite doctor, <laughs> Right. <laughs> how he has a book talking about life strategies. And the point you were bringing that up is that it is um, that we evaluate uh, a life strategy that will work and talking about how uh, Sunday was a good day to evaluate, redirect, redefine our lives and how we are to have a good life strategy that works. And you read Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 through 25, and you kind of used four ideas in which we see that uh, Joshua uh, kind of made these statements to the children of Israel at the time. So kind of a quick synopsis, mm-hmm. but before we really get into it, what were some things that came to mind as you prepared this sermon? Well, it was the first Sunday of a brand new year, and seemed like an opportune time to bring to the attention of the church, hey, while you're thinking about how you want to steward the new year, do you have a strategy that works? And I can't think of a better strategy that works most consistently and effectively than to choose whom you're going to serve and to imagine ourselves being there among the Israelites with Joshua challenging the people and making a deliberate, renewing choice to say, as this new year unfolds, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's what was going on, just presenting an opportunity to think about it, to look at that text. Yeah, that, That's what's at play. Yeah, it was a good challenge for everyone there, or even online. And you, your first statement, or your first idea, in which was a f- statement that Joshua made, was, we are to make our choice. You talked about how life is full of choices. We all make choices every day. Mm-hmm. Even if we do not make a choice, we end there making a choice. Mm-hmm. And you talked about that it's all around us. It's inevitable. We make it. And you used examples of career choices, that kind of thing. And um, one of the things you talked about is that we learn from those choices, from experiences, um, and choices are just rhetoric if we do not act upon them, that we have to act upon our choices in which we make. And so my question is, when have you made a choice that affected your life, good or even bad, and would you mind sharing? (laughs) Wow, way to tee it up. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, So many I can look on. The first choice that so radically changed my life was uh, choosing to trust Christ as my Savior and then choosing to follow his call to be a preacher, uh, choosing to go to Hardin-Simmons University. I was actually intending to enroll at Baylor, hmm. and it was a phone call in the late afternoon from a young lady at the time 
her name was Elizabeth Longbotham, who was a recruiter at Hardin-Simmons. She called and said, uh, we really want you to come here. We want you to be a student at Hardin-Simmons. Okay. And just like that. Hmm. And making that choice, and that was all God's providence. And, boy, did he direct my steps because my life from that point forward was so impacted by my experience at Hardin-Simmons, choosing to ask Beth to marry me, uh, choosing to adopt three girls hmm. Uh, from China, I mean, so many choices that have wonderfully impacted my life. Choosing to go to Colorado um, and pastor a church in the Denver area for four and a half years when that was really not something that was on my radar, but how the Lord orchestrated all of that. And there were a lot of reasons why we went there, but one of the most important ones was because it was there in Colorado we got Kai, and I believe that was God's plan. So many choices, yeah. and um, I'm, I'm grateful for how the Lord has directed my life and the choices he's led me to make. So, yeah, we are really the sum total of our choices, good, bad, wise, unwise. And I've made a lot of crummy choices, too. Sure. Um, sometimes, you know, I just... I shouldn't have bought that car or whatever, you know. It's just choices. Ooh, that was a bad choice, you know. Yeah. Um, whatever. But uh, more often than not, the good choices have had good outcomes because of God's grace. But, yeah, those are, the, those are probably the most defining choices of my life that have so shaped who and, and what I am. Yeah. So, gratefully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really that's, a, that's such an easy question. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I had to let you hit a home run. I appreciate on that. that. Yeah, no problem. Yes. Yeah, and again, I mean, it was. We, we, you talked about making choices and how important it is to make a choice, and how then we transition into verse 16 through 20, in which we see that Joshua is, you know, basically saying, "Stop making excuses," and how the children of Israel, Israel, as you said on Sunday. Um, we're really masters at making excuses. Mm -hmm. And you gave us examples of, um, you know, them saying we had it better in Egypt. And um, you kind of list all of these things through your sermon on Sunday. And then you kind of transitioned it from to the listener in asking the question, how, what excuses are you making? Mm -hmm. And you, again, gave examples of ways that not only Christians, but just people in general makes excuses. Um, and then you gave a really good illustration on, on the Alamo and, and talking about how and all of that was that they had a choice. There was no excuses in which they made to go to war. And um, through that, we all have consequence in the choice. But you talked about as people, it's interesting how we, you said this quote, isn't it fascinating how we rationalize how we make excuses for our actions? And Joshua said to the people, stop making excuses, cross the line. In a way, you even said, "Put up or shut up." And I love that you that you said that. But it, I mean, it's true. There's a reality that we either just need to do it or be quiet about it. And so, my question is: In a world full of excuses, what biblical advice can you give to someone who gives excuses to everything? We all know people, and if we don't know, it's probably us—the one who gives all <laughs> excuses all the time. And we all do it; have done it, I'm sure, at some point. But what you know, as we think of scripturally, what what it, what can you give us that some advice? Well, simplistically, one of the bits of advice, it's not really advice, it's more counsel from the Word of God, is right there in that text where Joshua says, you know, 
choose you this day whom you will serve. Mm. You have this option or this option. But as for me, right. me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So I think one of the ways in which we can head off the tendency we have to make excuses is to be firmly rooted in the, the motivation behind the choices we make and, and to be firm. Like I'll give you a silly example. Like uh, even when it's cold outside, I'm going to get up and run. There's no debate. There's no negotiation. There's no, well, if blah, 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 blah takes place, then I won't run. Mm. I, I just, I'm going to get up and run. It doesn't matter what the weather is, what the, if it's cold, if it's wet, snowing, windy, I'm going to get up and go. Uh, and that's a silly example, of course. Um, but it does have application. Like sometimes you've, you've predetermined a decision so that when you're faced with with something that could challenge that decision, you've already made it. I'll give you a more serious example. I made a decision a long time ago with our children that I was going to be home as many nights as possible. And I made that decision, and I stuck with it. And my children would tell you that one one of the gifts I gave them that was of most value to them was my time. And so I, I wanted to be home as many nights as possible. I didn't want to be at the church having meetings that amounted to nothing or be out goofing off with my friends or whatever. I wanted to be home. And so I made that commitment a long time ago, and I didn't compromise it. And so I didn't make excuses. Well, I really want to go do this, or I want to go do that. I had already made the decision, and I, it was drilled down, and it's a principle— that you know we find in scripture the value of family and mm-hmm. your role as a as a uh, the family shepherd you have to set the example you have to set the pace and so i was just you know family time was really important and if i said that to my kids then i needed to demonstrate that by the stewardship of my time and the priority of my family in my schedule and so I, i'm grateful i had a i had a career and have a career that l- allowed me uh, to do that. And I said no to a lot of things, but part of that was already determined before I was ever confronted with what choice am I going to make here? Am I going to go home, be with my family, or am I going to go out with you know, the guys and go to a movie and you know, whatever? I just didn't do a lot of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just, for me, knowing what my schedule was and the demands on my time as a pastor— I had to make an intentional, thoughtful, careful choice to protect my time with my family because there's all kinds of things and people who would be happy to fill those those hours if I let them. So to me, knowing what your priorities are, that's very scriptural, knowing what comes first, you know, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things will find their appropriate place. But it's right there in the text. I mean, it's hidden in plain sight. Right. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And, you know, I, I just, more, on a more serious note, I wanted to be home in the evening mm-hmm. with my kids before bedtime and, and be yeah. engaged and involved in their lives. And I think it's a choice I'm glad I made. I, I'm glad I'm not on a podcast saying, yeah, one of the big regrets of my life is I didn't spend any time with my kids. Mm-hmm. 
and hate myself for it. I, I can't. I don't say that because it's not the case. I'm for which I'm grateful to God for that. I, that's a that's a real blessing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that answer. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's interesting that we often do uh, make excuses, and those excuses I've learned, even in the short life I've lived, those excuses that we make can and do affect the the future of it too. Mm-hmm. And you used a silly example of running, but even in, in that, I mean, you see the full effect in the end if you don't, mm-hmm. if you do allow those excuses. And then on the same serious note of you just, in the moment it feel is fine because you don't feel the effect of it, mm-hmm. but really the effect can be life-altering, life-changing. Yes. It is cumulative, especially with our children. Yeah. And the importance of spending time with them when they're younger and it, you're investing in that relationship bank, and then you'll you'll reap the reward and the dividend of that, or you'll reap the consequences mm-hmm. of that. So, if I could say anything to young fathers that would be helpful, is just you know find a way to to spend time with your kids. And I know it's hard because we're all really busy mm-hmm. and varying demands vying for our attention and energies. And then on top of that, you're exhausted. After a long day of working or whatever, and you get home and you just you know you just want to be left alone and have some whatever me time I guess, but I think that's where I've already drilled down on that. That's non-negotiable for me. I'm not budging. I'm not compromising. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to say, well, "Kids, I'm really tired. Just leave me alone, okay?" Yeah. Didn't matter if I was tired. They don't care. Yeah. You know, and you're the one and only dad. And so, you know, I don't want to abdicate that role to anyone else. That's my responsibility, my joy, privilege. So just as a more serious example, just as I think about, you know, what I did right and wrong, I did a lot wrong, of course, but one, one thing I did right and that I don't have regrets about is the amount of time I spent with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so we, we'd have a, a family vacation and, and we went every year. And we didn't let anything keep us from going. So we determined where we'd want to go and what we'd want to do, how much we think it would cost, and then we saved X amount of dollars every month for 12 months so that when we went on the vacation, we didn't have buyer's remorse when we got back going, oh, man, why did we do that? That, that was really expensive. We were able to go and enjoy ourselves and really spend time being together. We loved it. It was great. My kids yeah. would even tell you that without me prompting them. So I think a lot of a lot of way to avert the excuse making that's so common for each of us is to have a set of biblically informed convictions ahead of the opportunity to make excuses. It's yeah. good. And the children of Israel, I mean, bless their hearts, they just I mean the very notion they'd want to go back to Egypt. <laughs> where life was miserable, you know, just all the excuses they made. And I see myself in them, too, you know. But so I think that's one way uh, is is a predetermined commitment to a course of action before you're confronted with how are you going to act. That's good. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I feel like we could just talk on that all day. Good. I mean, I think that's press, well said. Press, and press on well for the said. sake of the poor listener. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I'm going to combine the third and fourth ideas. 
in which the third one is I'm going to do what works and what Joshua in verse 15, um, you know, you tell us that without excuses, Joshua made his personal choice and declared it boldly to his followers. And that kind of even goes along with what we just said um, where he says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so uh, you, you talked about, you know, why did he make the choice? And it was because he knew that the strategy works and um, you talked about there's so many other paths that we can take, but we see that Joshua took the path that was the solid ground, um, that was the solid foundation. And then your fourth idea was that you are accountable for your decisions. And talking about verse 22, where Joshua states outright that people were accountable for their decisions. And who are they accountable to? We obviously know the answer to be to God. And so we need to, um, how you even said that we need certain people in our lives who hold us accountable. I mean, that's so true. We we need that, and we need those people in our lives. Um, and so my question is, we know that we are to serve the Lord. So in what ways can someone serve the Lord as they are held accountable for it? Again, another softball question for you. Right. Well, I think we all have to live with the view of knowing that we will be held accountable for the stewardship of the life we have. And for the Christian, we're held accountable for the stewardship of the grace that we've been shown in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And so I... I think uh, as we age, because I know I didn't think about this near enough when I was in my 20s, 30s, and even 40s, but now that I'm getting older, I'm living with more of a sense of how, how carefully I need to be stewarding my life because this is all I get. This is my one and only life, and I am going to answer to the, to the Lord for how I, I have stewarded, managed the life he's given me. So it's a very sobering thought to think one day I'm going to answer for my choices, my words, my actions, my thoughts, my attitudes. Everything is all going to be exposed before the divine scrutiny of the righteous judge who's also my Savior. So I'm grateful for that. And it's not an assessment of condemnation as much as it is an evaluation. So I think we all have to start living with a greater awareness that our lives really are under a divine microscope. And I think that will help motivate all of us to, to live like we're being held to account. And I, I do, you know, I, I live differently knowing I'm going to be accountable first to Christ. Mm. I'm accountable to my wife. I'm accountable to my children, accountable even to the church or how I live, even the life I live away from the church, yeah. so to speak. But, yeah, we all need to probably embrace this biblical truth that that we are subject to judgment and subject to the Lord's accountability. So I think we all have to evaluate, you know, how are we using our time? How are we using the gifts we've been given? How are we using our talents, our resources, our, and are we... Are we doing all these things and leveraging them in such a way that you won't be mortified when you have to give an account for it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. We, in our young adults recently, or through the semester, going through kind of a series of focusing, I guess a focus of uh, giving, giving God our all, making God the center of it all, you know, talking about particular topics. And we talked about on Sunday, going along with this, how that to, to make God the center, we have to know who God is. I mean, it starts at that elementary truth. You can't, 
you can't give your all to something if you have no idea whom you're giving it to. So along with that, just making me think of it of, man, we, we have to, we've talked about this in previous podcasts too, is we have to read his word. We have to know what he expects of us. Right. And we also do that by, as you mentioned it in your sermon, by getting people alongside of us, by being held accountable for those things and mm-hmm. being discipled by discipling others, by, um, giving as the Lord calls us to give throughout scripture, mm-hmm. time, resources, financially, all of those things. And it's just such a good reminder. And again, I'm saying this to say that on the first Sunday, obviously it was no mistake, but on the first Sunday, what a great sermon to reevaluate our lives. And are you serving the Lord? Mm-hmm. And are you doing it in a way that's pleasing to him and which you will be held accountable for? Right. And a question we all have to ask ourselves, even as ministers and um, pastors, it's something we have to do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. I mean, we mess up so much. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the minister, according to the Word of God, is going to be held to a higher right. standard, a stricter judgment. But we all will be held accountable. Um, so I think it's, it's helpful to remember that mm. and to try to live accordingly. But that's a challenge because we tend to we now live in a culture where people can say and do much whatever they want, particularly through social media, and no one's holding them accountable. Yep. I think that's been one of the great evils of social media. There's You're some real good right. to it, but, man, that's a bad thing is where people can just sound off without yep. being held account- accountable for what they say or challenged on what they say, especially if it's just factually wrong. Mm. So anyway, just living with the mindset that for the Christian, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, I think, verse 27, that there is an appointed time for each of us where we will pass and then we face the judgment. Yes. Judgment of the Lord. So for the Christian, again, it's not a judgment of condemnation. It's an assessment, evaluation where where your life is exposed. So that has the potential to be both terrifying and and then whatever else. I, I see it more terrifying. Right. Um, but anyway. That's good. Yeah. Well, I think it's appropriate to kind of end this portion of our podcast as you kind of ended it on Sunday um, uh, with the challenge of a challenge that if you do not have a well-thought-out plan, you need a strategy mm-hmm. and one that is thought out. And so what is your strategy? And are you seeking the Lord? And are you seeking the Lord for that strategy? And so a challenge to those listeners, I'm sure, who have listened to it, already but if you haven't go back and listen to that sermon and and come up with a strategy that it the lord <laughs> will give you mm-hmm. um for sure well before we end it what are some of your last thoughts final words uh, well hope hope people will plan to be in church on sunday it's going to be probably cold yeah like wicked cold Oof. however it will be worth being here i want to bring a message on a biblical perspective on stuff mm. from job one we all just need a good, timely reminder the perspective the Christian should have on material blessings. So I need that reminder. Sure. We can all get caught up in the the rat race of pursuing this materially or that materially when in reality that's not really the most important thing in life is the acquisition of things. Hmm. Although I'm appreciative of some things that we have and sure you are as well and every listener would likely be i'm grateful for that but it's just helpful to take a step back look to the scripture what does the scripture teach us about 
our perspective on stuff. Hmm. It'll be a good Sunday. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, hope you're there. Well, everyone's favorite time. I know that this is why you listen to the first 20 minutes of the podcast. That's why I do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to get to our, our even our favorite section, if we're being honest, uh, that <laughs> stupid section. Uh, so, as always, we tell you what's stupid. So, John, what is stupid today? Just about everything. <laughs> Politics, sports. Yes. So, course. the NFL playoffs is upon us. These are the best few weeks. You thought you were over with football. The best few weeks if you're an NFL fan. Yes. Now, if you're a Cowboys fan. Even better. This is a concerning week <laughs> because the Packers are coming to town in the wild card round. And the Packers, I think, are concerning. Yeah. Because they're young. They're hungry. They're flying around. They're playing good football right now. Their quarterback's playing with a lot of confidence. He can sling the ball all over the place. And the pressure's really on the Cowboys because they're the number two seed. They haven't lost at home. And everybody's hungry for them to get deep in the playoffs. So look out. Look out below. Yes. I think the Packers are going to be a handful. I'm not saying Dallas won't win, but I'm saying – this could be a scary game if they get they get too cocky about it. Well, that's what's stupid is there's a lot of Cowboys fans who <laughs> think it's a cakewalk. Well, yeah, they've already put a W. <laughs> you know, they already had the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, and they're already betting on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Well, not so fast. you got to get past the Packers first. Yes. Yes, I know you all are probably offended because we always bash the Cowboys, and that's <laughs> what you all think. So if you're offended, just remember you can email akitchen, akitchen. at fieldstreet.com. Yeah, I'm not bashing the Cowboys. I'm just speaking the truth in love. I just <laughs> think uh, that Jordan Love, the quarterback of the Cowboy, uh, Packers, I'm telling you, man, he's playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I know the Cowboys are really tough to beat at home. They're 8-0 at home. The only team in the entire NFL that's 8-0 at home. Yeah, it says something. Yeah, I mean, they've For had sure. a good season. Absolutely. And, you know, I expect they're going to play well. But, man, the Packers roll into town with nothing to lose. And those are the dangerous teams, teams that have nothing to that's lose. true. So I think it would be stupid on the part of the Dallas Cowboys organization to sleepwalk through this Wild card division. Right? Hopefully they don't, because they'll have a lot of naysayers who. Uh, oh man, it's gonna be awful. It'll be the best day of the year <laughs> to read all the all the sniping yes. in the Dallas market if the Cowboys lose. Yes. Oh man. Oh man, we could we could bash on the NFL. There's so many good games this past Sunday that they did some stupid stuff yeah, in a lot general. Of stupid stuff. But you know, we'll leave it with y'all with that. Yeah. A lot of stupid yeah, stuff good. going on in the world. So be That's discerning. Sure. <laughs> That's right. But I'm going to watch the game. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a good game. Oh, this is the best couple of weeks of the of the sports year for me. I made a comment this morning. We were talking with a, uh, a couple guys. Of I am I'm always excited for playoffs, uh, especially NFL playoffs. But this year, I'm really excited because it's just a bunch of good teams. A lot of teams that shouldn't. A lot of people's opinions shouldn't be there. Well, the records are horrible. And, right. I mean, you look at, at with the exception of a few, you know, how does a team that went nine and eight get into the playoffs? That's yeah, a horrible playoffs? division for you. <laughs> it's just, wow. So, but all you have to do is get hot. 
at the right time. And it's a play here. It's a play there. It's a bad call here or a good call that goes your way there. Yep. It's a field goal. It's a game of inches. Oh, this is the, just the best time. So you can't exciting. every play matters. So it's just gonna uh, it's the best time of the year. Yes, it'll be good. And if it's cold outside, it's even better. That's right. As long as the power stays on. Yeah, that will be when it's bad. Come on. Especially on, on Sunday. Encore, step up. Yeah, we need y'all. That's what's stupid. Yeah, is, uh, we love Encore. Yeah. Appreciate the good work they Absolutely. Do. Keep yeah. it up. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, as always, we're so thankful that you join us every week and uh, that you Give us feedback, and we ask for feedback. Uh, But as always, as we end the session, remember to make Christ known about what you say and how you live. Have a great week. Good afternoon. Thank you all for listening, and be sure to subscribe to Upon Further Review so you never miss an episode. If you have any questions, please be sure to reach out to us at info at fieldstreet.com. Thanks for tuning in.